Hello, and welcome to this week's 4th of July edition of In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair's senior writer. A few months ago, Julie and I had the chance to talk to Jodie Comer, the incredible star of Killing Eve. Uh, She plays Villanelle. The season had just started when we talked to her, so we thought uh, now would be a good time to share that interview again, since hopefully at this point we've all had the chance to finish the season. And uh, if you haven't, this long weekend is the perfect chance to enjoy. So we're so excited to have Jodie Comer on today from Killing Eve. We're both huge fans, Julie and I, of the show and of your performance on the show. Season two, I've seen the first two episodes. I think, Julie, you've seen the first one from season two. Yes. Did you Um, like them? Oh my God, did so I like that? I was like so upset that I can't continue to now go on to see episode three. I feel like this show is so, I mean, it's like just season one was the same way, obviously, where it just it ends and you're like immediately needing to know. I feel like they each end on such a cliffhanger moment kind of, you yeah, know. Yeah, they're very clever in the way that they, they plan that out. But um, that's good. That's a good sign. Have you seen all the episodes of season two? Or how, when do you, do you watch yourself? I know actresses have different feelings about this. I do. Yep. I do. Um, purely because I do think it is helpful sometimes to, because I think you can pick up habits that are more Jodie habits than character habits. Um, um, so it's good to just see it and also look at everyone else's work. You know, when you're doing your own scenes, you don't get to see... What's going like on in the show yeah, and the other the plot the lines. Yeah. yeah, so um, I do for that reason, but I, I I would watch it on my own, you know, through through my fingers. But <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen the first uh, four episodes so far. Yeah, oh. first four. Oh, wow. So you still have a, l- a few episodes to yeah. see as well. I'm like, I email them every day like, hello, do we have five and six yet? Um, but yeah, they're still still. Are ending. your family and friends just constantly trying to get like information from you about like what's going to be happening or what like stuff your character is going to get up to? Are people on you or are people good about waiting to see it themselves? Yeah, no, they're good at waiting. It's yeah. it's kind of the opposite. They're like, don't tell me. Don't, I don't want to hear it. La, 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 la. Oh, um, they don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially my dad because I say to my dad, you know, I've got the scripts there. If you wanna, if you wanna read them, and he's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll, um, I'll wait till it comes out. So yeah, people are generally very well behaved. I'm curious though, if considering what Villanelle gets up to on the show, do your family and friends is it ever like <laughs> shocking for them to see the stuff your character is doing? Are they like, I mean, it must be kind of to see you killing people, doing the stuff that obviously you get up to. It must yeah. be kind of interesting for people to know you, right? I remember my friends at school were always like, "Why do you always play these people? Like, it's <laughs> never like a straight laced person. There's always something kind of crazy or, or weird going on." Um, yeah, and I think they're all definite moments where my dad just gives me a look across the living room and he's like where does this come from um but they really enjoy it you know especially because I think Villanelle is kind of so stand out in her own way of just who she is and and the show itself you know like you say is is so unique it allows people to just really have so much fun and enjoy it and just kind of yeah just enjoy it are people who meet you for the first time scared of you because your your character is frightening and it's it's surprising to talk to you? I, like I understand how acting works, obviously, but you're so sweet. <laughs> people are some people are a little bit cautious, but then, I mean, <laughs> I like to think that the majority of the world can make the separation of TV and <laughs> and, and real life. Although some people <laughs> very cl- like clearly, very, clearly yes. don't. Um, so people sometimes will usually, I will just notice that someone's maybe giving me like a look across the room as if to say, 
is it her? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think mostly people can make can uh, make the separation. Just to channel that sort of like psychopath on right. set. Do you how, where, where do you how do you get there? Is there music? Do you have like like a spiritual like guide or like how do you like how do you find that channel? That? I wish I did have a spiritual guide. How can I get one of them? Can you buy one of them? Yeah, I don't um, know. I think it's tricky because with each day is a completely different experience like kind of accessing certain emotions sometimes comes very easily and can be quite surprising you know you're like whoa where did that where did I get that from like where is that kind of sitting within myself and then other days it's a lot more difficult um I try to leave a lot to the moment yeah um you know I have my ideas and my instincts about how I want to play things I know my lines and then but I definitely do enjoy the experience of working with a director and them maybe having a different thought or something that's totally different to the way I've interpreted it. Um, but I feel like I get to express so much through her, you know, of my own yeah. emotion that it's quite um, quite cathartic in a way. I wish I had something like that, I feel like, to channel Same, my like, daily stresses. Yeah, it's... It's like some days when we've done the prison stuff, like when she's like, take me to the hall. Oh, I remember man. doing it and just screaming <laughs> off the top of my lungs. And I was like, yes, like it just felt so good to, um, you know, you get to do things that in, in the normal world people would stare at you for and, and, yeah. and, and <laughs> judge you for. Well, even Villanelle's relationship is so amazing to watch. It's unlike any relationship, especially between amazing complex females I've seen on television. Mm. How was it pitched to you by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who created the series? And also, follow up, what is your and Sandra's relationship like? In answer to your first question in and how the show was pitched, I actually cannot remember. <laughs> it feels like a lifetime ago, but um, I remember getting the... F- the email through for Killing Eve and I seen Phoebe's name and I immediately got excited because I, I loved Fleabag so much but then I read Russian Assassin and I thought oh god like <laughs> my immediate so reaction good. was kind of def- I deflated a little bit because I was like oh I'm not you know this you know sexy cat like I was thinking how much nudity is there gonna be you know she's gonna be in six inch heels for the whole series like yeah. um and then Her was this character who was practical, she was funny, she was witty, she was awful, but she was relatable. There was humanity in her. And I immediately was like, this is a bold, fresh take on, you know, a a female assassin, that that particular genre. So I I can't remember how it was pitched, but I remember that's what I immediately was, um, was drawn to. And... Sandra's fantastic. I mean, the moment I met her, I met her for my second audition in LA. I flew out for one day. I was on holiday with a friend and I got a call to say that I had to go to LA to read with with Sandra. Um, And we did the scene from episode five where they meet for the first time. And she got all the props. Um, So there was like cutlery plates, like uh, there was like a pie for me to eat and oh my god yeah and that's very rare like I've never had that experience before of Sandra really really cares about the work and I know that she would have gave that attention and care to every actress that went in the room that day so we just got on immediately I mean it was very evident from the audition that we had chemistry and there was a trust there especially for just knowing someone for you know you know for the first five yeah. minutes 
and that just continued, you know, throughout filming. Um, even though we didn't spend an awful lot of time together because our characters were separated so much, it's um, it's just something that has continued uh, to get stronger. It's nice to have someone, you know, around you like her. Had you seen her work in Grey's Anatomy and all this kind of things she had done before meeting her? Or? I hadn't. Which I was glad of actually yeah. when I met her because I'd I'd heard so much about her and knew how much she was loved and and uh, like my friend Liv she had and she was like what you've never <laughs> seen it like Christina, this is crazy yeah. yeah 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 um so but I was kind of glad because I went in the room with no expectation um and I uh, Sandra hadn't seen anything I'd done like n- naturally because I hadn't you know I was still kind of starting out so it was kind of like a we just came to it with you know like like a blank canvas kind of thing and. And Sandra knows I haven't watched it, and she was like, girl, save it for a day when you, like, break your leg and you're in bed for, like, six months. <laughs> you know, like, save it for a rainy day. And I was like, okay, perfect. The show's so gorgeously shot. I love the locations, even the opening credits, mm. the writing, the acting. Everything's beautiful. The but they're definitely of that, yeah. like when they show right. you where it's the so cities cool. are. Yeah. But your character jolts me out of it occasionally, all the beauty, with I'm these sorry. grisly murders. <laughs> <laughs> like that eye stabbing. I'm oh, curious yeah. for you, what was the most difficult cringy to film? Which of your cringy? murders? Cringy? Oh my God, nothing's cringy. I like revel in it <laughs> so much. Um, I love that. I would not, I would not <laughs> yeah. be like that at all. Like, I, would, I get so like No, like kill days on set are the best days. It's like... Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Purely because as well, I think what, you know, Phoebe and now Emerald has, has really captured is that it's never you know I think Villanelle views herself as an artist in that way it's so thought out and you know so meticulously and nothing is ever as it is expected so Mm. it's always surprising and um one that was funny and I guess it wasn't cringe well I guess it could be was the uh the hot medica um where she clamps the guy's Yes. Private parts. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that was outrageous. And I remember getting on the script and I was like, oh my God, Phoebe's really playing with us here. Um, so just those kind of absurd, you know, those kind of absurd moments are just so brilliant. My favorite kill is Bill's. Uh-huh. It was the one kill that I watched and I was like, Villanelle, you shouldn't have done that. I remember being so Too shocked far. when that happened. Yeah, right. I just Me was too. like, because I thought he was going to be like a main character in the yeah. se- in the season, and like maybe there was going to be yeah. a romance with him yeah. and um, Eve or something. I don't know. And yeah, then all yeah, of a sudden yeah. he's just he's gone. gone. Yeah, and you're like, whoa, wait. I know. There was a couple of characters that that happened to in season one, and then by the end of season one, we were like, why are we killing off all the great <laughs> people, <laughs> all the wonderful actors? But you're right; it, it creates an excitement about the show, and because you just don't know Anyone if anyone's safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you also, one of the things that I feel like has gotten attention and is so fun is Villanelle's fashion. Um, Obviously, the pink dress was like an iconic look. Mm -hmm. I feel like I saw, um, was it the Oscars maybe, where everyone was wearing the pink dresses (laughs) and they were like showing it next to. um, What outfit would you say is your, do you have like one that's your favorite that just like you wore and you're just like, this is everything for me. From season one. Or if you can tease anything from season two without giving anything away, if if it's from either season, yeah. Well, there's a, uh, from season one, it's the, uh, again, sorry, Bill. It's the suit that I killed Bill in. Um, wow. This was a Dries Van Nelton suit, and it was like, it kind of looked like a jig, it was like, it didn't look like a jigsaw puzzle, but it kind of did. Um, but I just felt so comfortable in it, and mm. she wore it with like Doc Martin boots, and there was something about being in Berlin, and 
wearing this cool suit. Yeah, and I think as well by that part of the show, I felt like I was really finding her and I just felt really comfortable in that. Um, In season two... There is a questionable outfit in um, in episode two, actually. Oh, no, episode one. Episode one, uh, Villanelle is um, extremely ill and, and, and finds herself in a, in a hospital in Paris and she befriends a young boy who is um, in the bed next to her. And uh, <laughs> he lends her some pyjamas. Um, and then these pyjamas then become heavily featured within the first. Um, They're wild, having seen the episode. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I seen the fabric when they showed <laughs> me the fabric for them. And I was like, they were like, yeah, so this boy is 10 years old and you're going to be wearing them. And I was like, great. <laughs> this is outfit is going to be very unforgiving. <laughs> By the time this airs, I think the first episode will have aired. So we can also tease the Crocs moment, which oh, yeah. was so funny to me. Uh, how did no, that come about? Was that in the script? Was it was it? in the script, yeah. yeah. That was Emerald. And what I love about it is it's so relatable. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like everyone's slightly terrified of Crocs. I don't think I've ever... Have you, Julie? I don't think I've ever worn Crocs in my... Out, definitely no. not in public. I don't no, even... No, no, no. Not in private either, actually. I don't no. know why I feel that way. Had, had you ever... <laughs> you just busted yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a tell there. I did not mean to reveal that. On air, so now it's out, now yeah, it's out there in the world, and there's nothing I can do to take it back. And in, in the comfort of my home, it's all Crocs for me. Yeah. Well, what I loved about it because then the, the became this whole conversation about what Crocs they should be, and I was like, they should definitely have those super annoying like sticker badges that people buy for them, like to customize them. I, I hadn't actually seen that until the episode. That <laughs> yeah. that's crazy when they have you the should, little n- now now for my own at right. home. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to get on that, <laughs> and also just the fact of like of all the things that could anger her or repulse her it's a pair of crocs yeah you know it's the little things that relationship with that guy and the bed next to her was so interesting to me too because it's so quick the chemistry i feel like and then by the end of the episode you're like wow this is like a great friendship and then she obviously turns on him what was that like to work with him and work through that because i feel like it there's always these moments to me of villanelle being like you you obviously love her and relate to her, even though she's doing these horrible things, and it's such mm-hmm. an interesting balance. Well, that's what we've really tried to explore within the series, because I feel, especially within series two, is because I feel like a lot of viewers they 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 have moments where they go, oh, "I see it, I see this this human, this person," and then she does something, and, and they go, so, yeah. "Oh no, yeah, I got it so wrong." Um, so we've really kind of delved into those moments within series two, but what I found fascinating about the relationship that she creates with this boy in the hospital is that it kind of reminded me a little bit of the relationship that she creates with Constantine's daughter. At the, the finale yeah, of there one, is, yeah. you know, there is a very childlike um, quality to Villanelle and it somehow feels that when, even though she hates children, <laughs> some she, like I feel like when she's around them, she can't help but be seen and understood a little bit. Yeah. Um, but again, you're right, you know, she creates this relationship, but then ultimately uses this boy for her own advantage. You know, there's a moment where he's like, you know, I'm in so much pain, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, can you walk? And she's like, great, like, you're going to help me out here. Um, and puts him through agony for her own, um, you know. Purposes. Advantage. Yeah, exactly. Do you think of her as a villain? Or do you think of her, because you play her, do you have to think of her in some sort of more human way? It's hard because, like, on paper, I hate that saying, but like, <laughs> like she should be the villain, yeah. You know, but I, I feel like people find themselves sometimes rooting for her and understanding her decisions. You know, yeah. especially if there's something epic that happens in episode one, and um, you know, it's that 
you can't help but kind of see why she does it. Yeah. You know? And it's that kind of twisted thing that has the audience questioning themselves but and understanding this person who should black and white be awful. And she is terrible, like, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I think there are a lot of redeemable qualities about her and I think, you know, the audience can can have fun through her and I think you can't help but enjoy her. Yeah. Yeah. Who's been the most surprising person you've learned as a fan of the show? I had a, a kind of very surreal experience a couple of days ago. I was in the lobby of a hotel and quite literally bumped into Dame Helen Mirren. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's Julie's, like, fantasy oh, yeah. come true. That yeah. is everything, yeah. yes. She's amazing, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and she was like, I know, I feel the exact same. And I was like, no! I didn't say that out loud, but, like, that's what I was doing inside my brain. Oh my and then God. I skipped to my hotel room. Um, so that was, that, was, that was very, very surreal, you know, just to know that someone who you kind of admire and look up to as much as her has, has, has seen something is like, what? But, it, I mean, it just feels like everyone has kind of championed it. It's There's been so many, truthfully, to kind of remember, but uh, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. Oh, my gosh, damn, Helen Mirren, my queen. That's like Beyonce. <laughs> I, literally, though, I was like, oh. I'm just trying to play it cool. I don't think I did, though. I'm sure. I feel like it always feels whenever, uh, yeah, it's hard to keep it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What did she say exactly? She she had just seen the show. She was a fan. Yeah, she was just a a fan. And then we just just started having like a a lift conversation. We were in the lift for a little bit. Um, Yeah, no, she was just very complimentary. Um, Yeah, kind of pinch me moment. Going into season two, is it does it feel different because of all the kind of amazing attention the show's gotten and all of that? Like, does it feel different to you somehow now? Is it like now because I think season one, obviously, people were just discovering it, and of it was course. this show. Now it's sort of like out there in this very kind of yeah. It's been the awards, the acclaim. Does it? How does that? Does it feel different to you? I think the only difference is that like what was wonderful about the first season was that it was a surprise to us all. Yeah, you know, like we you know, believed in Phoebe and the, you know, the the cast and the entire crew and we knew it was special, but you just don't know how things are going to land, especially with how much content there is now. Whereas now, there is an obvious expectation. Um, And that can be um, nerve-wracking. So that I think that is a definite uh, change. And I know Emerald took over sort of show running for season two. Has that felt different? Has it sort of felt like a continuation? Does it feel different in any way? Or? It's felt like both, actually. Yeah. Um, it's felt different because Emerald is a wonderful writer within her own right, you know, and, and um, her and Phoebe are different people, yeah. but are actually very good friends and are both extremely naughty and <laughs> hilariously funny. So... Although it's different, there has definitely been that continuation of, of tone, of 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 um, you know, comedy and darkness, and so it, there has definitely been a shift, which I think also is a reflection of where the characters are now. Yeah. You know, the story has definitely changed. These women are changed; they're altered, and um, and as a result of that, the story is so. Um, you know, I, I, I love what Sandra says. She's like, TV's like a living breathing thing and it's always changing and, and, and we've definitely, you know, embraced that. 
when people like do encounter you on like people recognize you or such what do people usually say what do people want to like are there lines from the show people like want to like scream at you or what? Uh, people sometimes ask me to do the accent and I'm like <laughs> no you're like I'm not gonna uncommit no. Yeah, yeah, yeah no 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 I can't um or like quite recently I had <laughs> someone ask for a picture and then ask me to strangle them oh my god <laughs> my pub is just like no she's not gonna do that <laughs> I don't think that's, that's <laughs> yeah. gonna land you in like page six immediately yeah exactly yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's yeah. a headline waiting to happen <laughs> um, but you know the enthusiasm is there and, and you know you can see that which is is lovely but everyone's just always kind of telling me how much they've enjoyed enjoyed watching it yeah yeah did, did the accents come naturally to you? Is that something you've done your whole acting career? Or is it because you flip so, there's so many that you're yeah. like flipping between, I feel like. Accents are always something I've done kind of jokingly with my dad growing up. Like as a, a kid, I would always do impressions or if there was an advert on the television, we would always kind of mimic it. And yeah. So I think as a result of doing that, I've kind of somehow created like a good ear for it. Some accents are easier than others. <laughs> Um, languages are a completely different kettle of fish. Like, I don't speak any languages. When I auditioned, it was, you know, she speaks many languages. And, you know, when someone says that to you in an audition room, it's like if they say, can you ride a horse? You say, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and then yes. you worry about learning to ride a horse Later. when you've got the mm-hmm. role. So I was like, yeah, sure. And then, um, and then I slowly realized that as I got each episode through, that they weren't lying. And I was like, okay, work starts here. Um, wait, wait, so did you, did you have to like learn French or how did well, you go about I, it? No, or, I learned my lines. You learned what you had? Yeah, 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 exactly. And I would definitely not be able to remember <laughs> um, any of any of that now. You know, I'd learn the lines in English and then I would learn it phonetically and that seemed to be wow. the easiest way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, on this podcast, we love talking about kind of our pop culture obsessions. I'm Mm -hmm. curious, what are yours? Are there any TV shows you are obsessed with? Any celebrities you track? At the minute, I've recently started watching Stranger Things. I'm so behind. I realize that. You're like, (laughs) no, 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 no. I I, I like it. What are your obsessions? Give me an insight as to what, what road I should be going down. We love talking about the British Royals, which oh, yeah. as oh, really? a Brit, That's yes, are you are you into them at all? I mean, no? I'm a Harry fan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Who a fan isn't? of Prince. He's such a That's what I mean. Guy, yeah. Like he's he's. I'm more of a fan of Harry than 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 everyone collectively. Have you met? And uh, not that ever. I don't know why I assume everyone in Britain would have like met the Royals. No, but have you I know. Met? Any of them I know. I haven't. No, I haven't. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, At some point soon, I bet you will. We were lit- I was literally having this conversation with someone the other day, actually. They were like, if you had met the Queen, I would be so impressed. And I was like, sorry to disappoint. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> and Emerald's going to be in The Crown, right? Do I have that right? Yeah, she yes. is. She's playing, She's playing Camilla. Camilla, right? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. so. Yes. Julia's our resident Crown expert, but yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Are you, have you I'm seen so any excited. of that? I've seen the first yeah. series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was incredible. Yeah. So good. 
I always say Killing Eve when people ask me what shows I I'm know. Do you really? Yeah, oh, I say Killing nice. Eve. I love Fle- I, after Killing Eve. I watched Fleabag because I haven't seen it before. So Fleabag's got, incredible. Uh, and she's, the, and she's there's going to be a series two of that, right? Yeah, it's yeah. actually out in the UK at the minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think it hasn't played. I don't think it's played in the US. No, yet. I yeah. think it will probably probably uh, go out there first, and then it'll probably be on. I think it's on Amazon. Is it over here? Yes, I think so. Or the first, at least the first season. Yeah, was. it's so brilliant. And like, I hear her. Have you seen her one woman show? Or, no, I'm know. going on Saturday. Amazing. I'm so excited. Everyone on my Instagram feed is posting the playbill. Like, everyone's trying to get out to see Fleabag. I feel like like we are witnessing, like, the birth of one of the greatest people to ever live. You know what I mean? Like, she is a legend. Working with her, what would you say is, like, what what are your take? Like, when people ask you about Phoebe, like, what are your, like, do you have, like, an anecdote or take? Like, what what she's about (sighs) to work with or, like, what makes her so special? What, What I love about Phoebe and, um... And I think is so ridiculously attractive about her is that she is so comfortable within herself, in her own skin. Mm. At least they, you know she, yeah. you know she might say different, but to me, there um, there is just a confidence around her that I is. I wish I had, <laughs> you know, and um, it's so infectious. Like when you were around her, if there was a table full of people, it's just like. You know, every, every single one of, of those people around that table wants to sit next to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just, she does have a lovely energy about her and you're always guaranteed a lot of laughs when when uh, you're in her company. But I think what I learned most about Phoebe and, you know, being on set with her for like the kind of start of Killing Eve was, um, especially when approaching Villanelle, was that there is a freedom within Villanelle and Villanelle doesn't care about what people think. And, you know, I definitely do and um in order to play that I had to really shed that from myself and Phoebe really encouraged me to like take risks on set you know she was like okay we're gonna try this it could be really really bad if it is we will pretend it never happened however let's give it a go and Mm. like nine times out of ten when you did that and just allowed yourself to like just to take a risk and dare to do something you always find something that's a little bit genius and a bit mm. magic, um, and and that's what I take I took from my experience of of working with her was just to yeah just to be a bit that, fearless like freedom, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and it's hard you know especially in, like this day and age we're also kind of you know anxieties through the roof and we're always worried about what everyone is thinking about us but yeah I I, I learned that from her. You speaking about that made me think for some reason about social media and like kind of like yeah. the, when, it, when you brought up insecurities, I'm like always feeling like looking at what other people are doing. Are you? I know you're on Instagram yeah. and such, but do you enjoy all of that stuff? Is that something I know is like when as, as your profile gets bigger and bigger, yeah. I'm sure you have to think about like what you're posting more and that sort of thing. Or? I do, I do, and it, I think it's hard because it's like trying to find a balance of, um, like I I definitely want to keep my private life as private as I can, but then I understand that for. You know, some people, if you're just posting like promos and like, oh, look like, at I me. I want to know what she does in her yeah, downtime. Look yeah, look at me in a fancy <laughs> magazine cover. It's like, okay, we get that, but like, who are you? Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to navigate that, you know, while also kind of trying to keep, you know, keep what I want for myself, but then also, you know, engage with people because the fans, especially for Kill and Eve, are the ones who spread the word and, and, you know, we, we owe so much to the people who support us and champion us. And so I definitely want to make that relationship. It's just it's just like being cautious of just how 
You don't want to share. Yeah, yeah, it's important to keep, I'm sure, some things yeah, for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's fun, I think, yeah. Right. How does Villanelle and Eve's relationship continue to evolve in this next season? Oh, that's a whole thing. Um, what I think is fascinating about the kind of what we've explored between Eve and Villanelle is, you know, we we pick up the series 30 seconds from where we left off. Um, I'm stabbed. I have a lot less blood than what I did in episode eight of uh, season one. And both women are kind of just reeling from the events of what have just happened. Villanelle is like on a fight for survival. She very, is very much fearing for her life and and, and uh, needs help, but realizes she's in a lot of trouble and has to get as far away as far away from the situation as she possibly can. And what I think is is really interesting is finding out what this action, this stabbing, means to Villanelle. How does that? now connect her with Eve? Mm. What relationship has this now formed? You know, um, does she understand Eve? Does she forgive her? You know, that is what kind of really shapes the the relationship between the two of them going forward. And, you know, ultimately these women are forced to be in contact a little bit more. Um, and, and, you know, just this impossible relationship, you know, what is it and, and can it be ultimately is it yeah it's so interesting to me because you guys don't share that much screen time but yet yeah. it feels like the most like intense dynamic I've like seen on television and how do you guys do you and Sandra work on like because you don't mm. actually like you're not together that no. often like is that something you think about when you're like working on breaking down episodes and things or does I, it just happen naturally I feel like it, if anything it kind of helps mm. Like Strangely, build the tension up or yeah, something. Yeah, because we—I mean, me and Sandra—we get on very well, and we spend a lot of time together when we're doing press, and you know, within within the filming period because we're working on scripts and everything else. But that absence is also what these characters experience, so it, it kind of just makes those moments even bigger. You know, the energy is palpable, and it's like the, there is definitely a weight to what we're doing. So it kind of helps that the the. the yeah, it kind of helps with the tension. We definitely felt that within season one when, you know, they meet for the first time at, uh. at the dinner table because I think we'd only shot one scene before that where they briefly meet in the bathroom um, for, like, a split second. And, and when we got to the day, it was like, you know, even the whole crew were like, whoa, this is a big, big moment. Um, so, yeah. And you feel it in that scene. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's great when you work with actors that... It's the same with Kim Bodnia, like, oh, my God, that man. Like, at the moment I met him and we did half a scene, we both just kind of looked at each other and there was just a moment that passed where we were like... This is working. This is this is going to be fun. Like, it doesn't happen with everyone and, and that's okay, but it kind of makes those moments even more special when you meet someone and you're like, yes, like, we just, you just get each other, so... Yeah. When you were growing up, or even now, who are you acting like role? Do you have people that you always looked up to as actors or actresses that were like, I I would love to have not necessarily like the exact same career or anything, but just yeah. like people that you really looked up to when yes. you were yes. Um, Julie Walters. Mm. I say this in every interview. <laughs> I really mean it. I just I love her so much because I think she she can do anything and yeah. she has done everything and she's explored everything and uh, I think she's so charismatic and. Um, 
Do you have a favorite performance of hers? Or oh, I educate and Rita. I haven't seen that. I need to get. Oh out. my god, it's yeah. so beautiful. I love that film so much. Um, Samantha Morton also. Mm. I remember when I I watched Morven Color for the first time and must have been in like I don't know, maybe sixteen, seventeen, and and that was the f- you know the first time I, I didn't something happened to me when I watched that and I was like, whoa, that is what. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Like, I hadn't seen acting like what she'd done before, and and that really, really inspired me. Mm. And I know you have, uh, I don't know how much you can say about it, but you're working with Ryan Reynolds on a comedy coming out next year, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you haven't filmed that yet? No, 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 we're about to start that around uh, May time. Yeah. Are you excited to do something? I mean, that sounds very different from Killing Eve. Yeah, I am. I really, really am. Um... Especially because I'd never done like a feature film before and I felt so ready to and the opportunity just never, you know, yeah. it just didn't, never worked out. But I always believe like it does when the time is right and, you know, for the for the right reasons and people and yeah, Sean Levy's directing um, and Ryan uh, plays a background character within a video game and he thinks his life is, you know, has this bigger purpose and... Um, comes to the realization that he is in fact in a video game, um, and I meet him through the game as a as an avatar called Molotov Girl. Um, but in the real world, I'm a girl called Millie, and I actually uh, programmed the game, but I had my co- code stolen. So it's it's all Ooh. about them coming together to fight to save his world and hers, essentially. Uh, but it's a lot wow. of fun. Oh, I'm really yeah. I love that. I know well, that's yeah. a really cool concept. It's super fun. Have you gotten to meet him yet, or talked to him about the project yet, or what is it? Yeah, I actually. So I wrapped on Killing Eve like the 16th of December. And then I flew to New York on the 17th to read with him. And then I flew straight home. And then, yeah, found out like a week later, Sean rang me and he was like, hey, want to be in a movie? And I was like, ah, (laughs) yes, please. Um, So it was, it was, um, it was lovely as well. Like the energy when I went in that room, you know, it's a long, it's a long flight to go audition and overthink things. And and, uh, Sean and Ryan were it was a very relaxed, chilled kind of. It felt like a like a workshop, you know. It was yeah. very encouraging, and it was a really fun, fun day. So I'm glad it worked out. Is it going to film in New York or LA? Or it's uh, it's going to film in Boston, oh. which I've never been. I'm I've never from been. Boston, actually. No way! Mm-hmm. You can give me some. I know. I'll give some you some tips. tips. It's yeah. a good, lots of things are filming in Boston these days. Really? Yeah, it's a good. You'll have a great time there. Yeah, I'm there for a little while, so. Yeah, you'll figure it. Out. It's yeah. a, it's nice because it's sort of like New York, but. A little bit smaller scale, yeah. Yeah, A little more manageable, more doable, yeah. A little neighborhoody, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll send you some good like brunch spots or something. Yeah, Yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about the food. Yeah, and like it won't be if it's in the summer. It won't be. It's bad in the winter. But yeah, well, that was the first thing everyone was when I said I'm going to Boston. They were like. (laughs) Oh, what month? And then I was like, they're like, oh, you'll be fine. Yeah, it's very if like I don't, I barely can like want to go home to visit my parents in the winter. It's like so really? cold. Yeah, but oh gosh, it makes New York seem like Miami or something. But then, <laughs> but now you'll, you'll be great in the summer. Though yeah. it's gonna be hot. It's, it can get. I know. Well, this is the thing. I don't. I. I'm 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 British, so I like to moan about the weather a lot. <laughs> like if it's too hot, I'm like, if it's too cold, I'm moaning then as well. Yeah, it's gonna be just right. So it sounds like that is like a huge to be in your first feature film. Do you have other sort of like act, like dream sort of role or things that you just really would love to do someday, whether it be like directors you'd want to work with or just kind of like things you'd want to approach? My dream role. 
we were actually singing a lot of uh, musical songs on the way here in the car. Oh, um, like a musical. I'd love to play Nancy and Oliver. Ooh. That's like Ooh. Mm, my dream. Are you, do you have a th- singing background? I'm not bad. Yeah, I'm sure I'm you're amazing. Beyonce, I, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say I'm sure you're great. <laughs> I mean, especially, you know, they can they can edit things in film, can't they? They can, they can help you out. Um, but no, I'd love to play Nancy and Oliver one day. Um, but for me, it's it's always about scripts and and because um, I feel like after I finish a project, my you know I want to go somewhere else, and it just fluctuates and changes depending. And you know I want something to make me feel a certain way, um, and that's what I try to seek out when I'm. You know I'd love to do theatre as well. My options are open. Like yeah, I want to I want to keep cool. my yeah yeah yeah. But um, yeah, just something that you know, provokes an emotion in me and I think we'll hopefully do that to, to the audience that are watching. Mm. Oh, I, I can't wait to see you on stage. I'm going to will this uh, into the universe. Yeah, let's put it out there. Yeah. Um, well, Jody, thank you so much for coming today. Thank this was you. so fun. Um, yes. We are all so excited about Everyone needs. If you're not, if you're listening, who isn't watching yeah. Killing Eve at this point? They're, they're but like it, living in a cave. If you if you <laughs> haven't gotten to it yet, make sure you catch up. Uh, I guess April seventh is the first episode mm-hmm. for season two. Yes. Um, and then how many? It's like eight episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. eight episodes. So yeah, and then um, will you, uh, will there be a season three? Do we know yet? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Okay. Fingers, toes, eyeballs, Everything. legs, right. arms. Crossed. I think it's a safe bet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not. It's a pretty. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for being here Thank today. You. Yeah, it's so me. fun. That does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to check us out on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, tell your friends, tweet, Instagram, all of that. Uh, you can also reach out and leave us a voicemail at 347-790-0966. Also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight or individually. I'm Jay Duboff and Julie is Julie W. Miller. We're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Brett Fuchs. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, no bad energy. Bye.